0: Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, podcast 477 that's going to go out a little early this weekend on February 21st. Last weekend, I had another great chat with Larry Nemechek, who has written some Star Trek books, has been appearing recently in the web Trek film series from the Star Trek Continues folks, uh, as Dr. McCoy, and he's just got a lot of other cool Trek-related things going on, and we chat for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half or something like that, upcoming here on Skype, so uh, listen to this, and I, I think you're going to really enjoy it, and uh, we talk quite a bit about Larry's a new book out uh, called Stellar Cartography, and a lot about Star Trek Continues and so forth, so I'll be back at the very end of the podcast to tell you what's upcoming on Treks in Sci-Fi. Enjoy!
1: My name is Optimus Prime.
0: I am the future of war. Resistance is futile.
1: Yes, Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side.
0: Catchy. It's got a nice ring to the I mean, it's not technically
1: accurate. But it's a gold Oh Lloyd, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
0: This is uh, Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello. Good morning.
1: Hey. How are you? Good ya? morning, Rico. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How are uh, how's the uh Gallifrey convention going for you? Uh
1: it would it was um well it's, I, it always goes well because I never understand well I understand but I mean I'm always surprised that there's as much um Trek interest there because it's like the largest who convention in the country. it's not a huge convention it's about 3500 people I guess or 4000 but um there's always it's local and the guy I know runs it always says no come on over and so, and there's lots of crossover fans, and there's some people who are there, uh, who are secretly more a Trek fan than who, but they're there because they're with somebody, you know, whatever. But yeah, um, but it's always it's good, and lots of people are around. It's local and uh, meet I see see new people and all that. So those those smaller cons are are, are kind of uh,
0: kind of nice, you know, when you can get a chance to do those. I mean, it's just uh, I think you I think it's a little bit more. Relaxed, a little more enjoyable usually.
1: And well, it is. I mean, they're kind of maxed out on their. They. This is a one of the airport hotels done by LAX, the Marriott, and it's a. It's a. A lot of conventions use it, but they're and they would sell more. They sell out like a week or two after they start selling tickets, and they would have. They would have tons more people, but he doesn't want to uh, leave because they have a really good relationship there, and it just it just sells out, and they just have about four thousand and that's just where they'll be so uh but but having said that it's very um it's not a hassle it's it's very uh it's very good atmosphere it's very fanish. yeah so yeah
0: is that is that uh place. is that something they've done annually for quite a long time i think it is from what i this I, was I, I, yeah, I, yeah
1: this was the 25th one so yeah
0: yeah that's uh that is a long time for uh for a con you know to to stay that steady especially a a smaller one you know they tend to Mm -hmm. fade away sometimes
1: well they um i think last year they only they only do a weekend there's a lot of traveling i mean there's local people but there's a lot of they only sold a weekend ticket so um now are you heading back there today are you going
0: back later uh
1: no i'm not gonna go it's 11 now and they'll it's, it's still like any con that'll, on a Sunday, they they formally close at, I don't know, five or six, but it'll yeah. start dying down by, by two or three or whatever. And it's a, it's about a half hour. It's not that far down, but, um, you were mentioning there
0: were, there was a bit of a, you know, Trek, uh, you know, fans and things there. Were there other Trek, uh, people, celebrity types or, you know, that, uh,
1: Oh, in The Guests and things? Yeah, in The uh, Guests, exactly right. Not really. I mean, I've, I forgot what a... What Brent was there for a day yesterday because there was something else and he was just local and there, he's in something and they were promoting it and he came and just... He did a panel and he sat in the dealers for three or four hours or whatever. But uh-huh. um, unless they're crossover people to begin with, you know, that they've appeared in... Chase was... Um, there's an indie movie that I helped moderate their panel that I know all the people doing it. Uh the same uh guy that did um Yesterday was a lie with Chase and with Kingley right. Brown. Uh-huh. And they were there, but they were like legitimately there overlapping, but there was, you know, there was truck there. Chase has a character they've they've done an audio uh, Doctor Who spin off series she was in, um and they've done a character for her and she's done seven or eight audio books with this character in yeah in who so she's kind of legitimate there, but
0: um, even more You know, more when you than, think about you know, it, there aren't really... A, a, that's, that's, I mean, I think there are definitely fans of both. There are a lot of fans. I enjoy both, but uh, the crossover of talent, you know, in terms of actors, truthfully, it, it, there isn't a lot of that between Trek and Doctor mm-hmm. Who. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting in a way when you think about it.
1: Well, I guess part of that may have been just the, the history of both was that Who was shot in England and and Trek yeah. was over here, and unless it was a British actor that came to the States... Well,
0: Patrick Stewart, you know, Sir Patrick there, he'd be the,
1: you know, that that he'd, he'd be well, like right. the
0: obvious choice, it seems to me. Or maybe
1: Marina or whatever. Yeah, but, well, um, yeah, there's your top two right there, that yeah. top fine, But they did, and I'm sure that either one would, if they could ever get around to it or work it out or do it just for the now yeah <laughs> the way both their careers are it's kind of like oh hell why not that'd be fun kind of a thing you know it's yeah
0: just like. just uh, just something quick you know but um but anyway well that's good i i uh i don't want to you know take up too much of your yeah. time i guess about no, it was, that but that's it was a uh, fun thing yeah it was, i think yeah, there's yeah, a it's,
1: it's just you kind of just roll out of bed and go down there and there's that's you know, nice bang. yeah and it seems like it grows i did a i did i thought i was gonna have some more turnout at my i did a one of my meetup fundraisers there for the con of wrath and i didn't have a lot of people i mean i i have gone on with two people at a little tiny con when i've been out of, when i've traveled there and been stuck there anyway but i had a lot of people come by and said oh yeah we'll we'll be by and they didn't so they bailed on me but um but there's enough there to do to do my little con of wrath uh, fundraiser. yeah so yeah, it's, it's, yeah we should yeah. get
0: into uh, yeah talk about that a, a little bit uh, I'll uh, I'm just gonna I'm recording right now and uh, I'll do a little intro at the beginning that I'll just stick on myself but uh, so how is it going with the con of wrath for you I, I looked a little bit over your web pages and that to try to find an update but I thought I would well, I'll, I won't look too deep there I'll just wait and talk to Larry about it directly <laughs>
1: Oh, my website. Yeah, no, I haven't. I, it, it, I haven't uh, updated it too much there. I've got a Facebook page too, and I've, I've probably put more on the Facebook page than on the site itself. Well, the Con of Wrath kind of took a back seat last year, which is kind of a laid-back project anyway. It doesn't have a real tight schedule, but it's starting to come into focus. But I, it really kind of got bumped to the back burner last year just because I had so much else going on. Yeah, um, with Star Trek continues and Stellar Cartography and. We moved last year, just on a personal level. That can be and, uh, a challenge. Yeah, yeah. We were empty nesters, and my uh, my son got married. And um, anyway, that was the whole middle of the year. Plus, but I but I did as many or more conventions as I always do. So it was kind of a crazed year. So that was a casualty. Which, but we're refocusing now and uh, kind of ramping up. I probably shot a little over half of it. I've got to start getting serious here about getting it shaped up, but I've actually had some kind of interesting sidebar movement with the Con of Wrath. So, Good. And, Good. And for anybody that doesn't know, the Con of Wrath was a real-life event that I actually attended, but it was the first kind of rock star, mega show event, arena show, what call it, what you will, um, kind of a event for Star Trek from 1982 when Actually, the the Rathacon had been out for two weeks and this had been pre-planned down in Houston, Texas as a as a big arena show for the arena where the Houston Rockets played NBA basketball at the time and all the concerts came to town. And and just suffice to say that they had, everyone was involved but Leonard Nimoy from the cast of Rathacon, including Kirstie and Merritt Buttrick and Harv Bennett and Starlog Magazine and all the rest of the cast and... And, you know, dealers and fans around the country coming in, and it was a huge. They were going to do three shows, it was separate from the normal convention they had there. And, and, um. And
0: things didn't it just go did not, quite, uh, Exactly. <laughs> yeah, according to things plan. Did
1: not go according to plan. Yeah, but we talked, uh... Was, uh. That, and then they didn't go according to plan, but then they went ahead anyway, which is kind of the double.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, we talked. I think back in uh, in 2012. There's a podcast. If anyone listening wants to pick that up, but we talked in detail about uh, quite uh, the story. And you know, at the time, I just can't remember because I I didn't go to it. But I just getting the you know information later. And of course, you know, people these days may not kind of realize, but you had to wait for printed printed (laughs) information. Can you imagine?
1: That's, that's you know. kind of the interesting, you know, the subtext that I want to lay into it is yeah. also just what's different between now and what's the same and Now what's people are
0: tweeting the minute somebody trips on stage, you know, versus versus back then.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'd have to wait for uh, Starlog to come out with pictures in it or yeah, something. Yeah,
0: exactly, and, and an article it's, like months later, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit like watching, you know, like watching Casablanca and say, just call him. On his cell phone. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> oh wait, well you can't do. You know, watching an old movie where you say just what you. That wouldn't happen today. You'd have to restructure the, the plot of it, and the plot of this would definitely be different today. But the technology, but also the human side. Because I, I keep asking people, do you think this would happen today in a, in human terms, as in, would a bunch of Hollywood actors connected to a franchise that was technically dead although they just did a movie mm-hmm. would they hang around not just a few hours but would they go ahead with a plan mm-hmm. you know so, several uh, for three days worth yeah so uh, anyway, i think it depends but, you know, on the so group and the cast yeah. And, uh, yeah getting it back on the front burner well, good
0: good yeah and and you're keeping those updates mostly on facebook these days you mentioned uh
1: I I mean I need to update the page. I don't, yeah, um, don't get wrong. I
0: know what that's like. It's 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 uh, uh, uh yeah. it's a lot to do. I mean you, you know when I it, it's funny when you think about it. You know you, you you do some work and then you have to somehow. Well now I have to tell everybody about the work that I'm doing, but I don't know mm-hmm. if I if I spend more time telling people about the work I'm doing, I don't have enough time to do more work. You know it's yeah. like a double edged sword. So uh, yeah. Yeah. social
1: media and the in the Kickstarter age. I was gonna say I do have a I still have the PayPal. Um, donation page there i we thought about doing a kick a full kickstarter campaign and uh and then i back and we got pieces ready for it and then i backed off doing that uh, it takes a certain level
0: i think you need to i think yeah. there are people that get into it and, and don't realize what they're getting into i think if you want to do it and do it right i think you have to have right. those pieces in place you know or people will get uh, they won't be too happy with you and and that's you know reasonable i guess but uh like I guess that segues a little bit. We can even, talk, you know, segue into Star Trek Continues because they, they did a <laughs> Kickstarter. So for for people out there listening that might not know, Larry has been uh, is now part of uh, this new or relatively new, I guess, fan film Trek fan film series called Star Trek Continues,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I guess they started about a. Is it been about a year, Larry? Is that is that the, right? Yeah, the
1: the they did three shorts in the summer of um of uh, twenty twelve, and then shot the first episode uh, that I was in in twenty thirteen in mm-hmm. January, and it premiered in May at Phoenix Comic Con over Memorial Day weekend with the return and then of shot the second one Apollo Michael Forrest correct right. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Pilgrim of Eternity, but that had been prepped for you know like a year, and then shot the second one in October that we just released, uh, just a couple of weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lolani, and the third one's going to shoot in um, March and be out probably in the summer sometime. So yeah, and they they're did a- trying to shoot two a year. Right, they did a very
0: successful, uh, I guess, Kickstarter campaign. I, I guess that really happened after they put did the first episode, or was it before? Well, that's
1: yeah, that yeah, it was after. That was kind of what was unusual, and was probably was one of the reasons why it was so well done. It wasn't they weren't coming out of the blue asking people to trust.
0: Yes, you know, with nothing the, to show for it, right? right. No, no. And you know. even,
1: yeah, and even the three vignettes or, or the little shorts are something, but there's still not the impact of a full. Of a full hour, and you you know full hour episode, and you get that with the first one, and uh, so yeah, there was a whole. It wasn't proof of concept. It's here we are, guys, and
0: (laughs) exactly, yeah. But
1: they had they had a hundred thousand dollar goal for three episodes, and passed it with one hundred twenty six thousand. So, yeah, that's
0: fantastic. So, uh, so basically, yeah, the for again for people who may not know who are listening, Star Trek continues, like the also the. The New Voyages or Phase 2 project out there, fan film project, uh, basically uh, sort of recreates the original series with, you know, very, very authentic costumes, sets, effects, props, and recasts all the, you know, classic, classic characters, classic cast, and uh, Larry plays Dr. McCoy. Yeah. So tell yeah. me how that happened, or, 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 or well, that how, was, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm sure that's the obvious it's, it's, question, but you know, I'm yeah. sure people would be interested. So how did that work out? Did you know some of these people before uh, they asked? Uh, well, you?
1: I, I, I did. I mean, you know, the the fan films for one thing are just exploding all over, and there's ton. I've seen like not a month goes by that I don't hear you know of a new concept, and that's yeah, that's great. I've always try to support them, and I was in some of the new phase, uh, new voyages or phase two. Uh, I was in their very first one when they were shooting some things out here. LA. Ah, okay, tape. and um, did a couple more things and got to be a Tellerite in a short that that took six years to get put together. But it's out there, and I love that because it was really great uh, makeup. But no, I you know I'm a big I've always been a big McCoy fan, and and um, since its original series that's been around for a long time, and um, they got going, and the original actor who was going to play McCoy Chuck Huber. Um, uh, in this this is Vic Mignogna's brainstorm mm-hmm. this whole whole Vic plays it. Kirk Vic the plays Kirk yeah. he executive produces he's an editor he's a composer he's yeah. really Renaissance, Renaissance man God. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah and he put the team together to do that so he was he's very much the driving force and he's he's a huge he's like an anime voice superstar the anime cons and things he okay. has hundreds and hundreds of fans that, that come out to him he probably does I can see that. Yeah,
0: I, I watched some anime, <laughs> and uh, and I could see he's got he's got a certain quality to his voice that I could see that for that. Uh,
1: yeah. So he's, well, most of yeah. all for this, he's a he's a lifelong Shatner and Kirk fan, mm-hmm. but hope you know more of um, uh, channeling it than just doing you know Shatner impersonation. Although he sure. can do that. Sure. <laughs> He yeah, can turn who, that on. Know, but, exactly. So, but uh, but he was the driving force in this. And uh, I have we have a mutual friend, Ralph Miller, who does the sound for a lot of these productions. And uh, a professional sound guy, but he's also a big fan himself. And a great – does a wicked Nixon impersonation. There's a hysterical YouTube uh, on called um, – people go look for it. It's called 1701 Pennsylvania Avenue. And basically – Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bat- I've, I've seen That's that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Ralph, but he's not really an actor. But he loves doing that. know, <laughs> that, that. he's a wonderful uh, sound guy, and we and uh, he he knew my McCoy passion, and he was all over Vic to have me in. But Vic had his friend Chuck Huber and fellow anime circuit star, uh-huh. mega star, um, down to do McCoy, and, and Chuck is McCoy in the vignettes, and they had to bump the shooting day on the first one, and Chuck. Uh, had a kind of a family crisis with his daughter and a medical thing. And he, Anyway, timing-wise, didn't work out, and he couldn't do it. And so on three weeks' notice, they, uh, Vic called me up and said, Do you want to do this? And I'm like, Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> no, let me <laughs> think know, about I, it, Vic. Uh, okay, yeah, now I thought about it. yes, yeah. Exactly. So it was kind of short-nosed. And the crazy thing was it came right at the time, and I couldn't talk much about it at the time, but right at the time that Stellar Cartography was coming together, and we had like a real tight window, like three months. Ah, to it's get a it. perfect storm, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It's like everything had, you know when it rains, it pours. So I, you know, three weeks notice and got there, and I hadn't. I'd, I'd been acting some again, but I hadn't been hardcore at it. And that was the, that was the most fun hard work I'd had in ages. All these old muscles I hadn't used in a long time, and getting them back in shape. So, but it, you know, it was wonderful, wonderful. And the, but the group, the people, everyone is. Either either talented and they've been doing it professionally for ages, or their kids in school studying, or what have you. But everybody was just wonderful the the family there, and it's at the Farragut Films uh, set. So shout out to you know the producing. Yeah, party. you guys
0: film in uh, is that in Georgia? I think is that correct?
1: It's or? right above Jackson. Like you land in Jacksonville and cross the line. Okay, in 30 minutes and it's three miles over the line. <laughs> yeah. To Georgia. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's, which is why they don't want to film in the summer. It's always fall and spring.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it can be pretty, pretty toasty, pretty humid, you know, hu- humid enough and warm enough, and then you turn all those lights on for you guys to, you know, get some good, good footage, and I'm sure you cook then, but. There's uh, some
1: things the shields don't protect you from. And yeah. <laughs> you <emit it> <laughs>
0: yeah, why are the, why are the, you know, the captain and everyone and then melting, you know, why are they melting?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So no, that was that was a uh, you know huge fun, and uh, so the Kickstarter happened after the first one, and and um, so LaLani that-
0: was was would have been the uh, the one that just came out uh, would have been the first of the Kickstarter, I guess, episodes. Is that correct? So they have two more paid for then, right? Well, think, technically, yeah. Or although is that right? we actually okay. ran
1: the uh, campaign, while, well, a lot of LaLani was already put in place. We oh, ran okay.
0: The uh, All right.
1: And- it wasn't my decision, but they ran the Kickstarter while we were shooting, partly so they would have a lot of natural content to throw up.
0: Yeah, I remember your, they look. were putting out these little like, you know, requests and little little short videos that were right on the sets, you know, of mm-hmm. Vic in costume talking to the people, you know, please support us, that kind of stuff. And
1: mm-hmm. And we had a lot of little side and I you know, I shot a lot of stuff from my blog. Uh, that I'm still just now putting up. A lot of it was kind of spoilery, but uh... we had a, a guy from. There's a submarine base just down the road there on the coast, and he did his recommissioning ceremony. Um, he wore his Starfleet. You know, he's a big Trek, Trek fan, but got all of his buddies. No, actually, he didn't wear a uniform. He wore his regular uniform. But he, the Navy came in and they did his recommission. You it, when you're recommissioned, you know, when you sign up again, mm-hmm. you have your you have the option. You can just they can just hand you a piece of paper. Or you can actually have a little. For, you can request a little formal ceremony, and people have done them all over the place. You know, oh, where, okay. Uh, world, and he requested. You know, it's it's all of ten fifteen minutes away drive. He requested to come in and do it on the bridge. Oh, Fair. wow! So it was a nice little media moment, and they got some local media attention out of it, and it may have even been national too. But all of his gang, you know, his. It's almost like a like a wedding the way there's. You know, you've got groomsmen yeah. over here, except there's witnesses and your commanding officer, whoever does the ceremony. And there's a formal thing, but everybody was... That must have been a little uh, a surreal to thing. see, like, you know, uh, official Navy
0: uniform guys
1: on, you know, the bridge of the Enterprise. No, it was a lot, yeah, and Vic did a little welcome to them and everything. Yeah. And then he, a day or two later, came in and played an extra, you know, then he did put on a red shirt or something and survived, but just did a corridor, you know. Yeah, uh, that's, that's neat. By. That's that's great. And which is a cook for him, kick, big kick for him. So we had things like that. We had some cosplay goddesses come in and shoot some stuff. Yeah, there. I've seen some you of know. that.
0: I've seen, you know, <laughs> Yaya Han and uh, uh-huh. someone else, I think, too, that I'm not as familiar with. But right, uh, you know, those sets and those that look and everything. They're a magnet, the, the costumes, you know? the sets is so iconic. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just think everybody basically like it's like a magnet. You know, so many people have seen the reruns, grew up with them, grew up with Star Trek, that it's it's just like, you know, most people aren't just neutral on it, really.
1: So. Yeah. Well, what's what's amazing is how many people do come out of the woodwork and the, the general reaction. I, I'll never forget the night of the first show, uh, Pilgrim of Eternity, when we the, the world premiere was at Phoenix Comic-Con and they had, Actually, had everybody be able to come? Everybody was there, but Todd, who had a who played Spock, who had a convention gig already lined up, but and mm-hmm. he couldn't break it. But they flew to have everybody come in and stay a day. They put us up for a day. I was there for the whole weekend for the con, but they um, put everybody up at least a night and flew them in. And we had a big world premiere with a panel after the screening. There were like thirty eight hundred people in the room, and and then we had a we had a poster to sign free for everybody, and we had like fifteen hundred people come through in ninety minutes. We were like crazy, but it was just a huge, crazy, you know, love fest event, and it was just amazing. And and it feels like eventually every fourth person would say, "This is so great! I feel like I just—I'm a kid, and I just ran home from school and saw a new episode of Star Trek." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's been kind of the sentiment from people. So, and and then I get out in the world again, and people, you know, like it. But then I, you know, you realize that there, there still are really probably more next generation fans than original series fans, just from sheer numbers, you know, in the more episodes yeah. and, and all that. So, um, what's amazing to think about is, 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 as big as the pull and the reach of, of that is, uh, there's still, you know, there are still truck fans out there who might appreciate even seeing a, a next gen. Yeah. One uh, of the things that
0: I've been running into, you know, doing a podcast for a while now and, and, and talking to different people at conventions and online. And that is that, um, some of them are actually kind of going back, you know, people that got into it only when next generation came, came around who are a little younger are now kind of through seeing these fan films. I think through seeing that the recent films that they've done are kind of going back and, and looking at the original series and saying, Mm -hmm. wow, this is, this is, you know, kind of good stuff and, and interesting. And, you know, there there is some corniness that they you know will sometimes say about it, but they no one really you know they all can kind of get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so I think that's a nice thing, and I think these fan films, since they're so readily available online and free and all that good stuff, you know, they I think that's helping quite a bit. And I even had a friend of mine say to me the other day who started more with next generation and you know he's seen a lot of the original series but then he was going back and kind of filling in he hadn't quite seen maybe all the third season of the original series and he had a comment <laughs> he said to me you know I'd always heard everyone saying how bad and bad and terrible the and he says you know what R- you know Rico he's like there's quite a few really interesting good episodes in there and I said yeah I there are and it you know it's 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 a little different it's compared to the first and second but so, yeah, I think there's a lot of people going back and kind of rediscovering it or discovering it maybe for the mm-hmm. first time. So,
1: well, you know, I, this is the thing that hits me now. I keep, you know, the last few years we haven't had a TV show. We've had these movies,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. good or
1: bad, whatever people think about them, they're st- they're not a series. And people got into you know being spoiled with one and two shows. Sure. Um, and you know the attitude, even your attitudes about DS Nine or Voyager or Enterprise, even, and now people are. It's one of those things of well, you don't, you never appreciate what you had until you don't have it, kind of a thing. Exactly. And people are dying for a series to be back on, and and also just there's no, you know, when the show was being cranked out every week, everything gravitated around what's the current show, what's what's coming out, and you still had your, you know, you were still a fan, mm-hmm. but now that there's nothing in that vein, people, you know, we have fan films, we've got, um, you know, cosplay, and we've got. Uh, CGI guys doing stuff. We've got people doing props and set pieces for fun, yep. and we've got the Blu-rays, you know, coming out. We've got Netflix access. The whole the landscape is just so different for old fans and new people coming in. Or you were a fan, like you said, you were a next gen fan and going back and finding original, or you've got people who are like the JJ movie, you know, total newbies coming in and gravitating back to the what's there. And in the last year or two, I've even had this wave of people that um it you know, there's been so much good publicity about the Blu ray remasters for original series and next gen. And maybe there are people who were, you know, the the kids of the eighties and nineties who were like, Oh, I can't I can't stand to watch Original Series with those old effects and yeah, you know, the plywood sets and all that. And somewhere between the remastering um And and just they're getting a little more mature in their attitude, they go back and like you said, they find that. But a lot of this a lot of it too is, you know, movies made in the you know, silent movies are a taste into themselves. And yeah. The early movies, the soundies of the thirties. I'm a big Will Rogers fan and some of his aren't very technically done and he died in thirty five and didn't have the luxury of being around for more modern filmmaking or black and white versus color movies or what you know or TV black and white TV and, and laugh track sitcoms versus you know whenever you come in if you're a young kid you know you know if you're in your teens and 20s you really love what you grew up with and you tend to look at anything before your time is oh when it wasn't sophisticated and oh the technology and it takes a while of your own maturity to grow up before you can really be able to go and appreciate any you know there, there's bits of of Casablanca or Gone with the Wind that make you might make you wince a little bit, you know, or some classic TV, and sometimes you just have to grow into being able to appreciate what's there. And we exactly, always think about yeah. that attitude with the original series, like get beyond the old effects, you know. To me, I don't see that at all, because me, it's just like it's it's the way it always was, so it's the way I, I experienced it. But um, but you know, that's the, that's even a human factor. That it colors everything, and now everybody's getting older, and we have a new inbred of young people coming. And Doug Drexler had a great line. He said, "We've got all these uh, people coming in who are loving Enterprise, who don't know they're supposed to hate it."
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know know, that. That's what I find uh, very interesting and ironic. You know that they'll. It was, you know, Enterprise. You know, the ratings weren't very good, even the longtime Trek fans kind of, you know, the story is, and the, what you hear from people is, yeah, I kind of tuned out after the first or second season of it, and, and the ratings continued to go bad, and so eventually it went off. And now people, I, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that same thing from either not, you know, super Trek fans or even some Trek fans that have said, you know, hey, I went back and I watched, you know, on Netflix or wherever I watched Enterprise. And boy, there, there was some good stuff in there, especially the last couple of seasons that I said, yeah, I know. I watched it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's interesting. You know, it's very uh, people. I One of the things I always constantly try to tell people and fight is that You know, try to make up your own mind on things, you know, don't, don't, I mean, if if you've got a group of friends or people that have similar tastes, those are good people to listen to, but, 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 you know, try to try to at least experience it for yourself and make up your own mind. And now when they're finally getting around to making up their own mind, they're saying, oh yeah, I kind of like this.
1: Yeah, and not that anything's above. I mean, I've got no, no. It's there's sad certainly, but I can still critique. I, you know, the second season of Enterprise got very thin on a lot of stories, and that's kind of really what started their viewer spiral. But they were also on UPN, you know, the crippled little network, and they would be way down in the master ratings. But yeah, I think they. Well, and, and the one year that they overlap with Battlestar, with Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica reboot, the last year of Enterprise was the first year that everybody. And I we said this yesterday, everybody thinks about Enterprise tanking and, and Battlestar being this huge explosive hit out of the gate but it was still on Sci-Fi channel you know, cable and even though UPN was a crippled little network where the local hockey game might bump it to 3 in the morning or something exactly, it still, had more, uh, it still had more penetration, more potential audience and the one year they overlapped Enterprise still had a million more viewers a week than Battlestar in it's breakout first year which yeah. people that just shocks people, but one was it was the perceptual thing, you know, perception, and, yep. and one was a big fish in a small pond, and one was a small fish in a big pond. But you know, there's still an absolute there. So,
0: yeah, it's 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 real interesting, and it's nice that I I, I think in a way this time of not having it on television every week is sort of I'll try to look at it as a good thing. I, the analogy I always make it's like the farmers leaving the fields fallow for a few years. You know, I think when it does come back, I think people will be really primed for it. Hopefully, they'll do a good job with it, so it'll be worth the wait. Right. But uh, I think they burned burned out a little bit creatively at the end. I think uh, you know the last uh, year or two of Enterprise when they did get some new behind the scenes people in there. I'm trying to think of the guy's name that came in in like season. Uh, Manny
1: Cotto. Yeah, Manny the,
0: Cotto, yeah. who was a longtime Star Trek fan, who really you could see what he was trying to do there, but I think it was a little too late for that at that point. But uh, but yeah, I think there. Uh, I think maybe in another year, a couple of years, I think we'll get something, and hopefully it'll be uh, be really good and and uh, people will be excited by it. Who knows? With all the new deals that everybody are you know are doing these days, I know it's sort of a a CBS slash Paramount. Property, but that doesn't really prevent them from probably making a deal with somebody like Netflix or Amazon. Well, and or, who knows? Say, yeah. So
1: you talk about how the, the landscape has changed just in the last four, five, six years for a viewer. That's the other thing of the that's the other side of the coin. In fact, and I'll lay this out there. What I've been trying to spread the word here lately, I had some some insider uh, advice thrown at me to spread to people <laughs> that. You know, with House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, and and yeah, you know, Netflix, and now some of the other ones are st- um, the Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, yep, uh, one, and and some of the others are, are stepping up trying to do original programming in that same way. Uh, said, you know what, you might as well do, and and. The old meme about you know Les Moonves running CBS and he doesn't like science fiction, doesn't like Star Trek and all that, but he was not a butt, which I think more it's more precise of uh, it's more the case of uh, he just doesn't like things that don't make money. <laughs> yeah, you know, did, he's a businessman. Ma- yeah. yeah, he's a business guy. Yeah. And that business guy in their apparently in their quarterly phone call to the investors made a big point to say. You know, and some of our other revenue streams on on Netflix. You know, because they get a they get a few pennies for every time anybody watches anything that's one of their properties or whatever. Yeah, talking about how here, you know, the the current primetime situation is you know NCIS is the granddaddy one hour drama now, and that's all CBS, and Big Bang Theory is the top, you know, the hot hit top rated sitcom, and they're both CBS. And in his phone call to the investors and to you know, the corporate whatevers, said, you know, look at um, on, on the Netflix side, here's a barometer. Our number one property is not NCIS. It's not Big Bang Theory. It's Star Trek. And he called it out by name called out you know the Netflix situation as a revenue thing to watch, and the fact that good old Star Trek, you know, there's 737 hours or whatever. Yeah, but. It's it's uh, good old Star Trek was their number one property, so it's definitely on his radar as something mm-hmm. that's got a revenue potential to it. So every some people are saying, hey, you know, if you're not watching Star Trek on Netflix, do it. <laughs> and if you really want to let the ticker go, whether you're watching TV or not, you if you're cooking Just dinner click it. or folding clothes, <laughs> yeah, put it on. Put it yeah. on a back room. Put it on. Turn the sound down. You know, let it automatically go. Put pick your series, whatever series you yeah. like. Put it on and let it go and let the let the counter go. You know, let it click on and click on and click on. Yeah, no, that's
0: a great uh, that's a great point, great thing to say. And I, I know a lot of people that Just will. White uh, i To me, Star Trek, and I'm probably not a, a perfect example because, of course, it's it's a big passion for me. But it's kind of like comfort food. You know, if if mm-hmm. uh, you know the day was a little bit rough. Do I really want to sit down and watch some new episode of something or, or a movie that I don't even know what might happen, but hey, I want something that's going to kind of cheer me up or put me in a good mood. Yep. I'll, I'll flip on an episode of Trek, you know, or something than, than anything else. You know, it's kind of yep. like the go to for me. You know, some people like well, chocolate. Ag- I'll watch that.
1: You know? Yeah. And again, we live in a time where we don't have a new show, but we live in a time where everybody's got or a lot of people either have 500 channels or they're on Netflix or they've gone out and bought, you know, even if they're watching their box set, they've got their Blu-ray and they stick it on their big home theater screen or whatever. They may have they may be sitting on, you know, boxes and eating crackers and peanut butter, but by God, they've got a big plasma flat screen TV. And that eight bucks
0: or whatever doing. a month for Netflix, you know, you can yeah. you can watch anything, anytime, almost immediately. Uh, with uh, you don't even have to go into your uh, closet or shelf and, and pull off the disc. You know, I'll even, I've got a, the episodes on disc, but sometimes it's just so much simpler with a an iPad in bed or whatever to just go, okay, tap, tap, and now I'm watching an episode. So yeah, that's a really that's good, a, good point. That's
1: been like a quiet revolution in just the way we view... Um, you know just the way we view things and even people DVRing the shows when they're on a cable channel or something and yeah and and if
0: you only have your like you said you're cooking dinner and you only have maybe 15 20 minutes or something like that you you know if you've seen the episodes it doesn't bother you that much you can say hey i'm just going to pop on you know Mm -hmm. an episode of tng that i like or, or or deep space nine or whatever it is or or the original and and then while I'm cooking, I don't really have to pay close attention to it because I already know what's going to happen. But you know, it just kind of I like seeing. No, it's like you said, it's the yeah. comfort food. Yeah,
1: but the bottom line there, that one, that one uh, uh, point was that counter is something that people pay. Netflix pays attention to it, and CBS pays attention to it. So you know, if you if people are just put it on the background. Put it on the back room. Whatever. If you're not actively watching, hey, I wanted Let to go back just to, and,
0: and and touch on a, a couple of quick little last questions about the Star Trek continues before we talk about uh, mm-hmm. your, some of your products and sure, and yeah, we kind of got here. off there, but yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to. There's a couple of one one thing I wanted to ask you was, well, how long do you guys usually film for, and did you do it all like in one shot for Lilani? It's it's I, I always find that interesting if. You know, you had to go back maybe a couple of months later and finish, or how that all works, and what yeah. you, what your plans are for like your next episode too.
1: Well, one of the one of the the things about uh, Vic and the team he's put together is that they really do try to go in, and it's very efficient. It's it's you know, it looks good on screen, but it's also it's broke down and shot. We shot the first one in in. Either eight or ten days. Oh, it, it, okay. You know, re, yeah. very relaxed. Now there was some there was some B unit stuff that was done later, like on that show the the bit with the planet on the planet where he goes in and helps the kid and the old man. With the, they did that in L.A., you know, on location mm-hmm. and that yep. kind of a thing. But no, it was uh, on the stages there in in Kingsland. It was um and and it was very relaxed, which is great because then it doesn't turn into crazy. I mean, it's very well. It's professionally broken down. Yeah, you don't walk in and basically and each day it
0: right. goes, okay, what do we want to shoot? Hey, let's shoot over on the bridge today and which pages? and you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you can't yeah. really so do not, that. We've yeah. never
1: had a, uh, I mean, the good side of this is we've never had like, oh my God, we've got to get this done. And so-and-so leaves tomorrow and it's three in the morning and we've got to finish this. And everybody's fatigued and shooting each other and, you know, kind of a thing. We, yeah. We've we always, we'd be done by seven or eight at well, night.
0: is Dr. McCoy wearing mascara? Oh no, he's just really <laughs> tired.
1: <laughs> so and in fact the first shoot i remember they were thinking about maybe changing this we, we were doing so well about changing the schedule and dropping the last day and, and shaving a day off what we thought but they went ahead and stayed with it and everybody had you know good spirits and all. yeah the second one was a little more segmented and you know when grant Imahara comes in he has one or two days usually on a weekend and you know in that show we had lou frigno and we had they had him for two days and so that was driving that, and we had people gone to conventions that had already booked conventions. I mean, Vic and Todd and, and Chuck were all convention bound, and our and Chris White, the director, had a had a family. Emergency yeah, you need with his a daughter. massive chart, basically, you know, because of that. All yeah. you know,
0: everyone's got these other commitments. You know, yeah. this isn't their whole life doing this, doing these shows. Right, so
1: right. But the the point is that it was aside from Chris's uh, medical emergency at the last minute with his daughter. Which everything came out okay, but at the 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 point being that it was scheduled out, and so it was like a ten day shoot with a lot of whole. But it wasn't ever pressing the, you know, it was never pedal to the metal. It was everything was very comfortable. But then, having said that, like there were there was a shoot in L.A. If if you haven't seen Lilani, there's a flashback sequence, a a kind of a jagged memory thing, and we shot that here. I won't spoil that. It hasn't been long enough yet.
0: Yeah, don't. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah. It's it's a a great episode. uh, I mean, it's very. It, you know, I, I grew up on reruns of the original series. It has a very good TSO, or TSO, t- <laughs> too many times t- TOS feel to it. Look, uh, the message there is, uh, it, it, it's, to me, I, after I watched it, I felt like it was the kind of an episode that I could easily have seen them doing at some point in time, just because, you know, it deals with the Orions, and, you know, you can see all that in the trailer. I don't mind saying things, mm-hmm. you know, and... And, you know, Slave Girls of Orion, it's like, you know, the Federation's over here. And, like, even though they have this non interference kind of thing, it's kind of like, would they really put up with that, you know? And it's, yeah, it's a great episode and a great message and all. And it's, uh, and you have uh, a couple of great guest stars too. You mentioned Lou and uh, Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers mm-hmm. is also
1: in it. Mm hmm. And Daniel Logan, who on the con circuit people know him because he was a little boy when he played young Boba Fett in, or Boba Fett. Oh right, I
0: mean. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's yeah.
1: the he's the fill in navigator while we didn't have uh, our check off for this shoot. So, um, so yeah. But the two, the actress that's the main guest star, uh, she is Fiona, is is incredible, and Matthew E. Wald is is uh, great. One, the, I was going to say one of the things. Yeah, about she was this great as Lilani. She's uh, yeah. she's really yeah. good. And I didn't even think about it till I saw people start saying how when she's in her, in her green, she looks like uh, Katy Perry. <laughs> oh yeah, but, she uh, does. That, especially with a, the, black, uh, yeah, the black, the black hair beard,
0: for yeah. for yeah. She she definitely I I realized that too when I watched it. I'm like, who does she look like? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> Katy with Perry. Yeah, accentuates it. But that that's all just a sidebar thing. No, she, yeah, they're they great. So no, it was a very. Um, It was a very uh, no, and but the the core group and the crew, the behind the scenes. Matt Busey, the DP, gets gets you that original series look, and they do it. They can do it on the quick and dirty. I mean, it's not like an all day thing. They set up and shoot, and it's pretty quick and simple. And and but we have a we have a jib crane. They've done crane shots and. Now you say you're going back in uh, in a few weeks
0: in March to do your next episode, uh, and are, are, do you already have a script for that? And have a chance this, to oh, it's, peruse? Yeah, it's,
1: it's very very different now. Just so everybody knows, I'm I, It was kind of a difficult decision all around, but I put a lot of things, like I said, on back burner for this, and some new things I've got to get into. I'm not going to play McCoy in the next couple chuck is going to come in and and oh
0: are they okay do that
1: all right i'm staying on as a as a uh, consulting producer with the show and being involved in um promoting and the script development well there's all only that so many hours to. in each day right that's true that's true and some things i wanted to do for mccoy that i hadn't been able to get to and do and that's been frustrating and i've got some things i've got to get done this year so at some point back around we circle around um We'll do some more things on camera and all that any little I, uh,
0: any little tidbits about this next episode that you are okay to give away any any
1: little hints at um, all anything <laughs> well i'll say this this one there's there's we have a guest star uh-huh oh, I, oh actually i can say this this was publicly announced yesterday um if people are familiar with the, there's a really good indie movie a kind of a it was called science fiction film noir <laughs> but Chase Masterson was in it so any Trek people may have seen this and another actress that had been in an Enterprise episode one time uh, Kipley Brown Chase and Kipley were the stars of an indie movie called Yesterday Was a Lie yes mm-hmm. that a friend of mine James Kerwin wrote and directed it was his baby the actual and and he's working on his actual uh, project now uh it's a redoing of the play R U R which is a classic that gave us the term robot and um, it was ri- it was a play written in 1919 but it's kind of in the same it it was really the inspiration behind Metropolis and then Blade Runner later on kind of like okay. future dystopian where you've got uh, artificial life it's kind of a it's kind of a photons be freed. it's kind of like at what point does the artificial life you created to uh do all your grunt work? What if they su- suddenly start becoming sentient and want their rights? And, you know, it's kind of a... Uh, anyway, they're working on Sounds that as very a side data, movie. you know, with uh, you know, yes. measure of a man. Yes, yes. Yes. The whole data, what are my legal rights eventually? And then yeah. the same thing with the doctor on Voyager, what are my legal rights eventually? Ah, okay. Anyway, that's James, James Kerwin. That was his brainchild. He's working on that now. He did yesterday was a lie. And James, who's a huge fan... Uh, wrote the script that's going to be out and uh, is going to direct it. Oh, says, you know, fantastic. I, I want to direct and do my script. So that's what they're working on now. It's very much a. Um, and Kipley, who was in a show and was in, yesterday was a lie in, in RUR, she's uh, the main guest star of this show. Okay. And where number one had Michael Forrest as Apollo, and we had a couple of guest stars. Uh, and number two, Lolani was very guest star centric. The next one gets back to more of the regular cast. Okay. Uh, it's it's a more it's got a, a one or two guest stars. So I'll I'll just say that. And it's okay, uh, great. It's uh it's as much as these first two I think have found uh, as long as everything goes well. As as much as the first two have struck a chord, but you know they haven't been carved. They've had a different. Each of the first two has had a different feel. And a yes, different I would say. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this next one will be the same way. It'll be its own. It's technically a sequel, but um, yeah, it'll definitely be its own, its own baby. And I and I dare say that it'll be a fan without being you know like a fan wanker or something. Just uh, it'll be it'll it'll hit home with people who go, oh, that's very cool. So well, it's very nice that they've got this
0: established you know group and they have a pattern and they have a regular. You know, that's uh, mm-hmm. I think. It, it's really good. I mean, it, these things definitely take time and, and effort and people need to know that, that this isn't all that uh, these people work on or do. But, you know, rather than having, you know, these other films, which have been great, but, you know, sometimes due to different things, they put one out and then two or a th- couple of years would go by and you wouldn't hear from them again, that type of stuff. And this is this is very nice to get. So, yeah, it you know, well, have a they mapped? is. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was gonna say a lot of that is Vic's personality. He's just the driving force. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> obvious it's like, he's uh, uh shoot he's... it you know, shoot it in January, debut it in May, and uh shoot it in October, it's debuted in everywhere. Well, you know, uh,
0: uh you know, what I call like a, basically, you know, all the pieces in place, a well oiled machine, you can you can do that. You know, these guys this is what their piece of it is to do. These guys work on the CGI, these guys, you know, work on the lighting or sets or whatever it is and uh and that's yeah yeah
1: and and i and i you know i I did shout outs to matt busey who's our dp who who actually uh has a whole other life up in up in new england and vermont he's he um he filmmaking is kind of on the side for him but he does it really well and uh i uh, shout out to um oh ralph miller i mentioned on sound these are all like professional people i have to give a yell out to uh Lisa Hansel and Tim Vitteto. A lot of fans may remember them from some of the Vegas conventions, but they've been doing makeup on. They're excellent makeup artists and also prop effects people. And they've been. They also did uh, makeup for uh, Star Trek Renegades, which was a standalone movie, ah, right? Tim Russ's, out. yeah. Tim Russ's thing, kind of a, the same group that did of Gods and Men years later. And they're working on several independent movies and things. But they're they run the makeup, you know, uh, which is which has been fabulous. And uh, yeah, just a regular group that uh, gets together. It's a great mix of of kids coming in, like college age, who are trained, and and people you know Vic meets on the circuit, and uh, and the cast, and they all come in from different, you know, wherever they're coming from to be there. And it's a great group. Everybody goes to eat most of the time. We go invade one of the local places every night, and um, some of the pictures are out. <laughs> well, I'd
0: love to see you know that yeah. that whether it ends up on your blog or YouTube or or Star Trek Continues Facebook or whatever. But uh, I I I'll tell you the the more the behind the scenes photos video that they they put up and around between them and you and whoever, I think that stuff is all great. I just I just like seeing that because it's. It it just shows that you guys are having a lot of fun
1: and and you're also working hard too. So that that's yeah. great. And that was the first. I mean, the first impression I had. The first we had a horrible travel time. My first day on Pilgrim of Eternity, but it was in sick bay and to walk in the first morning and the set is all the gorgeous sick bass set with the with a uh, purple accent light above the bio beds. Yeah. <laughs> and uh you know no, it was just, it's just beautiful, great. gorgeous looking in and the sick bass sets were the first. And then to be there and you know the stage discipline. I mean it was like everybody was there, everybody's excited, but it was, you know, sound marker, light camera, action go. It's a broke when I say broke down, I mean the, the shoot is scheduled out efficiently. We're doing these sets with these people called this day. Here's all the calls. Here's our plan. Hey, we made our plan. We we wrapped at seven or we wrapped at eight. You know, fairly much on schedule. If there's a if there's a hiccup along the way, everybody, you know, jumps on it and solves it or they solve it for the next day. Yeah. And and just that stage discipline was great, even though, you know, nobody's getting paid. Or maybe we're getting our expenses, you know, reimbursed or whatever. So that yeah. was that was very impressive too, and that comes through on the screen. Now have they too. mapped out the, the, the rest of
0: the episodes at all in terms of like okay, this, you know the, the next one they're going to do film next month
1: no for, now now yeah now the october one hasn't been decided on yet so
0: okay
1: got a little breathing the the october to to february or march turnaround was kind of a tight one <laughs> but um yeah so they're working on that people are well, you definitely things. want
0: to beat beat the uh beat the weather you know it's uh that that's that's definitely smart
1: i think so are yeah. the
0: farragut guys still using those sets too or oh yeah in they? fact
1: yeah. uh Vic direct, co-directed and Matt Busey, our DP, shot. They did a. They did uh, when we did um, Pilgrim of Eternity. No, Lolani. When we did Lolani, they shot um, an episode the like ten days after. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. some people stayed on and worked on both of them actually. So, um, and that one, I'm not sure what their plans for debuting it are, but it can't be too much longer. Okay. You know, I mean everybody these are still weekend things and there are still people who even though they love doing it um are still doing it on the weekends for to their, you know, as a B job kind of a thing. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The fact, I mean Vic Vic was his own Vic is an editor and a composer and he basically did the edit uh for this. So he's able to drive <laughs> drive the wagon faster than when you've got different people doing, you know, mm-hmm. I should say a shout out to Doug Drexler, too cuz it's his enterprise model that we use and he we were just talking last night about uh there's some great shuttlecraft sh- hangar deck uh, little bit little goodies, just momentary bits in here, and he came in and sweetened those. People will see when they see. Yeah, Lelani it's it's, it's it's really well done. I mean, there's little things like the
0: phaser array at the bottom of the saucer section that I noticed. I mean, just just little touches like that that like a geek fan like me notices that I go oh yeah that's that they got it right
1: <laughs> so yeah hopefully hopefully yeah. so yeah so can so i'm i'm gonna be involved with with continues and circle back around but i've got even some. though
0: you're not going to be acting are you going to be able to make it down there when they shoot this uh the next one See,
1: that's that's or you're not sure? just because yeah. yeah just because everybody's coming on there uh, i've got something that there's only one of the two weekends i could go and i i i just don't know i'm i'm yeah. busy working on two other things right now that Hopefully, maybe later on, or by Vegas time, or something, I can, I can All talk. All right. About. Well, let's uh, uh, yeah.
0: let's leave that for now, and I, uh, you know, love to get an update further in the yeah. future again. But uh, sure. the the other thing that I want to talk about that uh, I want to let everyone know that uh, between Amazon, uh, what is was his name, Justin, and you,
1: <laughs> that's right, we
0: had a we had quite a uh, quite a uh, somewhat for some reason a lengthy production to get. Uh, a review copy, but I finally got Larry's new book, Star Trek, I guess you call it a book. It, it's basically a collection wow, of maps, it's but uh, it's uh, officially called Star Trek Stellar Cartography, the Starfleet Reference Library, Maps from the Star Trek Universe. And it is a massive tome that I, I, I am still just going through. I only got it last week but it, it's it's fantastic and the first question i had about this project larry the, the obvious question probably is so why did you do this and how did this get all started
1: well the the goofy thing with this is um actually they uh, cbs and amazon came to me about it i mean i i've oh, wanted okay. to know, i've been i know i'm not alone on this but there's a lot of people the way the book franchise has come down the last 10 years or so partly because of you know air uh, Echoing the production history of things. As we got into the aughts, you know, out of the nineties and turn of the century, the novels, all the paperback novels kept going along, but the nonfiction really dropped off. And part of that was pocketbooks having the license and the cost. And yeah, I think things there was like kind of a,
0: episode references, encyclopedias, yeah, yeah. and when there was the scene. Yeah. Yeah, the,
1: yeah, the 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 uh, production reference kind of thing. Yeah,
0: that's definitely true. Yeah, I've noticed that. I mean I used to pick up all that stuff pretty regularly and
1: it's like okay boy there hasn't been a lot of that lately yeah and part of that was um part of that was uh there was an attitude that as the ratings went down on the shows that there was less readership and part of it was the internet was coming along and people aren't going to be buying books and (laughs) who buys all that kind of thing so so part of that was this we we lost a lot of the even the reference works, much less the you know we were kids and we had the enterprise blueprints in the pouch and the tech manuals first came out and they were so Oh
0: gosh, I just you know poured over those where we
1: didn't see it on T V and they would they would come up with stuff. So that's
0: where the bowling alley is, right. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kevin Riley wasn't crazy. Tell,
0: tell Vic to rent a bowling alley sometime and put a little bowling alley scene in. in oh, that's there, funny. There, that, there, is, that would be fantastic. I would love to that see that.
1: Oh, and then have someone doing, oh, look, we are having ice cream in the bowling alley.
0: You could you could do, have you ever gone bowling in the, one of those midnight things where they make everything, like, fluorescently glow? Right. I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that that's the way I'd set it up. Something really weird, future-y looking and... Sure just just state. a couple of quick shots of Kirk and Spock, you know, maybe chatting over a couple of frames, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> just a side little thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, there's it's, my it's, pitch. You know, but...
1: McCoy's fussing with the ball, and Spock says, it's, it's simple, Doctor. It's, it's simple geometry, covered, like, yeah. The acceler- yeah, it's the acceleration versus your angle of tangent. with.
0: Him. And maybe the ship gets hit by somebody, you know, attacking at the, at, when they're about ready to, you know, maybe Kirk's working on, like, a perfect game or something, and, you know, all right, you could do that. That would be fantastic, so... <laughs> All right, but anyway, sorry. Back to your back to stellar cartography. So the the books had dried up. So Amazon contacts you. And yeah, says, well,
1: they Amazon. You know, I say that In mm-hmm. the last two or three years, our uh, our friend John Van Sitters at, at CBS Licensing Consumer Products. I mean, he's they've been wanting to have you know the cool nonfiction fun books and theme yeah. books back, uh, and and you know find the ways. And one of the way and we've you know Abrams they, with 365 books that that my friends Paul and Terry worked on and. Some of these – there have been some one-off items that have been kind of cool out of the box. Yeah, they have by. that Haynes series, you know, the, the, right. the breakdown construction of the Enterprise and Klingon ship and all that. Right, right. And, uh, the, uh, and then last year, uh, the Amazon 47 North group with, with Becker Mayer as a book p- packager, kind of a middleman, uh, they um, – Came out with David Goodman, who wrote on uh, Enterprise, who's big in animation, worked on Family Guy, and has gone back to the Seth MacFarlane uh, kind of factory, who's a great guy. Did who's and a huge fan. uh, Did that Federation the first 150 years book. Correct, right? With the audio little uh,
0: box that it comes in, yeah.
1: Which kind of followed a couple of, of things they had done in Star War in the Star Wars franchise, but they were kind of out of the box, cool idea. You know, some hardcore cool extrapolation you know going you know let's do some i used to call yeah. it gap filling but they had a cool presentational thing where it comes on some kind of a you steal or the
0: or uh, steal the star wars term
1: and call it yeah. eu for trek there yeah. we go yeah yeah so which is all about to get up, uprooted now apparently. sure yeah but um but that was the idea so they came in they said they actually want to do a huge kind of galaxy thing and and uh, i like guess a, a gazetteer kind of thing and and John kind of talked them into saying, let's start with something a little simpler and equally cool, and so they actually had the uh you know and, and jeff Mandel uh it's we have this running joke Jeff and I met by mail back when I had done my I mean star charting you know trying to get canon and real astronomy together, and then everything that's just out there floating around loose was a thing that hit me the first thing that hit me when I got my BJ concordance way back in the day was. How many stars and planets are out there that you know, these should be organized, and how many are real astronomy, and then how many aren't, and mm-hmm. they need to be fit together by the story point and all that. And I worked on that on my own. Then I got sucked into, thanks to Jeff, we were going to do self-publish this in his zines. And then the 1980, some of your long-time, I won't say old-time, <laughs> some of the old fans, you're going to say Star Trek maps, right? Maps that came in a pouch, <laughs> yeah. right, right. I and got Jeff that. And Jeff got yeah. called in to work on those, and a lot of my stuff went out the window because they changed the format from the tech manual format. But um, we worked on those together, and that's where we—he came to me, and we worked on that. And then, you know, the years go by, and I'm in LA working, and he comes to LA, and he's working, and he's in our department, and and uh, winds up working on the movies, and then Voyager, and then Enterprise. And this, in the end of the first year of Enterprise, he did a new book for Pocket, the Star Star, Trek, uh, Star charts. And it was a, a book, and it was one of the last of the, uh, we were talking about this, the last of the no- cool nonfiction things. But very frustrating to people because it had a couple of foldouts, but other than that, you were limited to the page sizes. You know, people wanted something bigger. Yeah, so,
0: hard to do a map of, like, yeah. a part of the galaxy in, in a, you know, eight and a half by 11 book
1: or whatever. Yeah, but we, he called, I got to do the chapter intros and did a lot of checking with him, and he had several people down, as Mike and uh, Okuda and, and Rick Sternbach and... Doug and a lot of people that he worked with in his kind of consultants and tech people. Um, so here, flash forward ten years, and we're in the fallow time, and but trying to do some cool things, and there's some updating that needs to be done to that, but also just what would be an out of the box kind of concept. And and to their credit, they had the idea of doing the maps and doing not just straight on maps, doing some that way, but doing some alien things and doing some things from different times in history. And actually, they had the idea of doing like a Klingon map, a Cardassian map, and kind of left it up to us about, well, what would be what would be a setting? what would be a time and an era and a focus for a Klingon map that would be cool? So between John and me, we said, well, let's do the Klingons at their most, you know, propag- let's do pre-detente Klingons when they were, you know, like original series era, let's do they have when they say, ah, you know, oh, the whole galaxy is ours. Right, <laughs> exactly, like- exactly and let's do a Cardassia from before the Bajoran withdrawal and let's do an ancient Vulcan map, even a, just a system map about the time of Surak or, or maybe right after Surak has died and maybe we can have some sly reference to some, some Vulcans who have left you know, and that's the vulc—that's the right that the have Romulan gone off uh, away from the thing. home planet. Yeah. yeah. So, and then we'll have some straight ahead ones, and let's do. Well, here's some things to fix. Let's do a Romulan War era thing, is, and let's go out on a limb and do that. And let's do a let's do a Dominion War map, and and uh, which was a huge, probably the biggest gap filling to do was the Dominion War because everybody had kind of sloughed off, even even Mike and Doug on the show, and then Jeff and his book kind of fudge the dominion war because a lot of it hadn't been mapped out it didn't make sense Mm -hmm. so there's all that and they basically said you want to do this and i was yes of course and jeff actually does one map he was he's working on two shows and couldn't do more but he does kind of the kitchen sink national geographic map in this and um that's like jam-packed so so two other artists kind of divvied up the other ones and um what i wound up doing i was originally going to do just the guidebook and then I got uh pulled into kind of they didn't realize it at first how it was going to play out. It was they thought at first it was like, here's a list of labels, put them on the maps, artists, and then we'll check them, and then bang, we're done. But there was a lot more developing and and massaging, and oh, here we're you know Jeff's book was a jump off, and Jeff's book represented a lot of fan input, so the we didn't reinvent the wheel as far as the basic grid and the basic layout, but there was updating to do. there were some fixes to do. And all this conceptual stuff. And we had two artists who were great artists, but they weren't necessarily fans. They had appreciation for what we were doing. So it wasn't in the DNA. So we had to – I wound up doing an awful lot of content and concept directing along with you know, John at, at CBS and, and our editors at, at Becker Mayer. But um, it wound up – I wound up spending more t- – way more time on the maps than I did on the guidebook that I wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the guidebook was kind of like sit down and – type it out it.
0: you kind of give some and, background yeah. on each of
1: the maps but, uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah but 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 then I say that people look at the book and go it's a skinny little book and some parts were pretty much you know uh just describe what's going on and do some connected background but at the same time there's there's chunks of the book that where we connect the dots in a way that no one's really thought about before per the topic and there's some parts of the book especially the dominion war that I'm very proud of because I I did a lot of fixing I went and gave a, I basically say I choreographed the Dominion War to fit the charts in a way. That, and, and people pretty much, you know, uh, Star Trek Online uses the basic layout. So it's kind of like this is pretty well ex, uh, accepted as the grid, kind of like the Okuda's timeline is pretty much accepted now and uh, yeah and it's you
0: know like i said i haven't had a huge amount of time i've 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 looked through it some but you know what i think people don't realize is how much filling in of gaps in some of those eras and times that and you know you can't just i think what they don't sometimes people may not quite realize is you're not just trying to throw anything down there anyone can draw like okay we're gonna do this you're trying to kind of make it sort of make sense and work too
1: well, yeah. yeah, and you and you blend you <laughs> have a lot like, of okay. real astronomy, yeah, and you have uh, and you have Star Trek's canon that people kind of know, and the, part of the thing was I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I, I mean I did some research to see if fans had gone off in tangents. Everything I mean we everything from language to you know layout to uh, just on their own little like a little over the years what has been kind of established for Vulcans. You know, we've kind of evolved into Vulcan, the sister planet, the moon that orbits the sister planet, and a fourth one. But over the years, maybe in the 80s, where there competing ideas, and maybe did something get published officially one time, and something else got published officially another time, and it's never been... S- you know, I tried to sit down in a very short, compressed time frame, you know, at the same yeah. time we were continuing, continued. But, uh... And then communicate that to our artists, and to our people at Becker Mayer, who are excellent professional editors and art directors. But this was their first, and they had gotten through uh, David's book, Federation. But it was primarily, you know, text, and they had to get yeah. illustrations for it, um, and come up with graph You know, there was a whole thing of the cultural. What are the cultural? graphic, illustrative elements. Because you start researching it, you think, oh, Vulcans and Klingons have been around forever. And you start looking to what's like canon, and, if, and especially if you get beyond control consoles, there's not always a whole lot. And even, you know, especially if you they were pulling things out of the original series to you have as little doodads, you know, to have it be halfway canon. And and even... To sort of, oh, yeah, this, fit in. The fit Romulan, in, yeah. you know, I, at the 11th hour, I was like, oh my god, the carpet in Nemesis. And they're like, What? And I thought there's the star chart that Rick did, Rick Sternbach did on the carpet in the Romulan Senate. And oh we got, yeah. You know, at the eleventh yeah. hour, and I'm like, look, here's Romulan icons for maps, and everybody was like, yay! And I'm like, I can't believe, it. you know, John didn't think of it. And I, like the eleventh hour, I was like, oh, here, this is canon. Here, go and run with this, and so you know, that's the that's the in the Romulan map. So.
0: Um, yeah, you it's definitely funny. have to sort of – you get those little flashes. You go, okay, I know that this happened or they showed something in this episode, and you're probably sitting there with your, your pile of, of DVDs or whatever. Like, where was that? I know they showed this or something.
1: Well, that that end of it's a lot easier than it was 10 years ago because yeah. we've got you – know, and everybody's got their stuff, but it was a lot of reaching out either knowingly or just seeing what was out there and then saying, "Oh well, then let's look at well, look, this is kind of where this movement is going, and most people are going here and oh what it's what did online use, okay, or golly, this is a complete vacuum. No one has ever touched this, no one has gone there that we can find we're on our own guys let's you know best guess Mr. Sulu." yeah and, which is both a good and a bad thing, too, you know it's like yeah. okay I don't have to contradict anyone,
0: but i we've got to create it too so right,
1: uh, right. so then yeah. it then it becomes into your inner think tank, and maybe you pull in a couple of people to bounce stuff off of it. yeah and and I've got some thank yous in the book on uh, uh Mark Okren did come up with a new Klingon place name for us there's a there's a place name within the Klingon Empire that was very uh galactic standard English anglo, and I'm like, we could do better than this and so he did that, and Diane Duane contributed a Romulan uh, name for us, you know, just as a fun thing. So there's there's a big reach out, and some fans who did some work. Uh, there's a guy that um, has a Facebook page where he's doing the he's doing um, the Dominion War day by day as it would have appeared at Starfleet Academy. Oh my G- gosh, hearing about it, <laughs> and he's filled in you know tons of his own background, but he hits all the canon stuff and filled it in and. But I, I stumbled across that and without saying that he I needed to work up some casualty and some conceptual things and I could I liked his reasoning and so uh, you know I did baby steps in with him. So I did a shout out to him and some other people that had worked on Vulcan language back in the day and just kind of pointed me to here's the competing ideas for Vulcan and the system and the language and you know, so anyway, so you know we did as much as we could, but again there's lots of holes for what we did or just what anybody had done.
0: So, yeah, it's a beautiful That was fun. Uh, That was a like, beautiful package. I mean, I love these and, kinds of reference things, you know, you were saying earlier about you know, people everything's going digital and digital books and throw it on their Kindle or their iPad or whatever. I were there was there ever, ever any talk of of making this available digitally i don't think it is at this stage right it's not uh, in any form
1: right yeah no no one said that yet and part of the of course part of the the fun of the maps is that uh, i mean what people kept saying fold yeah yeah you can get them and play with them and get them all over the f- we had people sending i had people sending me twitter and facebook pictures where they were like oh my god i've got to get i've got to go out and buy frames i don't have enough walls somebody said you know walls i need walls or, or they just got them laying all over the floor. People are kind of like just, you know, googing out, just nerding out when they first got their package there before Christmas. And uh, but, but that was the frustrating thing. With as much as everybody enjoyed Jeff's book in the day in '03, you know, you had people frustratingly. I'd go online and see where people had pulled out his papers and and like scanned them and put the scans together. Yeah, <laughs> you know, connected tried the them. Yeah, together, right. and hobbled them together, and people were just screaming it like, it's a, just a book. It's too tiny. So, so, yeah, so people were thrilled, too. And, you know, and, and um, one of the fun things was with the aliens, we, we you know, the conceit is that the, these are all from the collection at Memory Alpha, the, the real Memory Alpha, not the website. Yes, okay. You know, and whether they were antiquities on paper or some 2D representation or they're printouts from a 3D database or whatever, these are the ten most requested star maps. From the public visiting Memory Alpha online or live, so ah, that was kind of our right. conceit yeah. for doing it. some of that. Kind of got watered down. I had an introduction that just because we were so scarce on pages, kind of kind of went away a little bit. But um, but that's the conceit. So you know, so so there's a layer of Memory Alpha staff doing a little bit of interpretation. So there are a couple of the alien maps have you know English standard English translations added, but the Klingon we left totally in Klingon with the translations on the book page. So if we thought, what's got the biggest fandom, the Klingons, you know? So if you're a Klingon fan, you can like frame this on your wall and put it in your Klingon room, yeah. <laughs> your Klingon corner. And it's totally, you know, well, you know, the, 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 the thing guys. about people who have like, you know, Chinese characters either on a
0: banner on their wall or are tattooed on their arm, you know? So there, there's, there's certainly people out there that would, you know, definitely fans that, you know, very Klingon Big, you know, very big Klingon fans that, they they'll frame that
1: up and hang their Batlith over the top of it or something. So, oh yeah, no, totally. So we were thinking about them, and you know, in in uh, the the Romulans and Cardassians are translated to English because they wanted them to be propaganda pieces in in the twenty three sixties. You know, ah, so okay. so they have English added, but the Vulcan and the uh, Vulcan on the map, and then the Klingon in the book. Have the English added by our people you know interpreted so um so no it was just a it was just a huge fun, and always you're turning around and there's another it's one of those crazy things where there's always the next thing that you did may not have anticipated, but you need to go either create it or research it or hunt it down and if if only it was established that would be easy but uh you know ten maps in the book and in a three stretching to four month time frame um, and you know dealing with Authors or artists, when we're sending, thank God we had PDFs eventually without having to send the paper things back and forth. But, yeah. you know, reviewing, going through three and four passes and something that you get and something somebody else does and trying to figure out how to communicate that to somebody. And I did an awful lot of tweaking on, you know, bless his heart, but I did a lot of tweaking on Jeff's. Uh, book and some things weren't his fault <laughs> there was some oddball kind of descriptions and things that you know there's a conflict in canon and we had to figure out the best what's the best middle ground It's well, an evolving thing i mean there's always yeah. there's always little tweaks and things but this is
0: it you know at this point in time and and at mm-hmm. some point you just have to say okay yep that's what i had to work with and that's what the way we made our decisions and and it's yeah, yeah it, it's it's great i um did you get much feedback yet from uh from people, I, I know you went to this convention this weekend. I don't know if you've been at any other conventions since the book came out. And, and it's
1: what, well, I went to been... a I went to a club event in Las Vegas where I had some. You no, know, well, you know, a lot of online people yeah, immediately sure. started coming back on and live. But uh, no, I haven't been to a, a, a big. And this was a Who convention, so not a, a purebred Star Trek. But no, everybody's been. It's been pretty positive, and you know, there's been some. Moment, there, I found a lot of things to fix or fill in from. From Jeff's book, but um, and I, I'm not knocking that. It's, it was a massive, massive, massive amount of detail in there. There's you know things are going to creep in inevitably, but I'm just sorry that there's a few more, especially original series things that weren't in the maps that we didn't just pick up and you know duplicate and run with. But now if we do this again, but I'm keeping a list, you know, for that. But I don't. Yeah. I, I say that in a kind way. People are like, oh, you, you you need to do this and this and this. So aside from that, which is inevitable, almost no sure. people yeah people people love if anything people are saying oh well well why didn't you do a (laughs) so-and-so it's like okay well next time yeah we
0: we... wanted 20 maps or whatever yeah yeah Yeah, that's always yeah
1: so it's it's like the netflix counter it's like everything is a you know if there's a nielsen's ratings now for everything so it was it was a you could pre-order this and and the impact of the pre-orders and watching that ticker tick up and now, yeah, Amazon just announced they're going to cut back on some of these crazy out-of-the-box things they've been doing, which is a little sad. So maybe the pipeline won't be quite as big, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of these still that people want to do and uh it's now it's even more creative to look at you know some even cooler some of yeah. the basics have been handled now well but and down-
0: one of the tricks you know one of the or not really a that's not the right way to put it not a trick but one of the questions or one of the things that i wonder about this and that we can sort of tie in both the, this book and the work on star trek continues and, and and even kickstarter is that you know let's just say in a few more years or at some point you know no one wants to to back or, or publish a a map book like this but you know since star trek's a you know Got camera it, 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 I, i'm i'm curious if you think they'd ever paramount or whatever whatever free it up enough that you could i don't know jointly kickstart slash pay them some percentage back and self-publish something you, you ever think that we'll have a day where that would work for trek you know what I'm oh, saying, kind of, yeah. are asking, you, mean, you
1: know, like a uh, fiction, or well, you know, either, either a either fiction one?
0: or not, or I guess you call this—I don't know if you call this book nonfiction, but more of a reference piece, piece of material. But you know, these days, you can't. It's not like you guys can sell Star Trek Continues DVDs on on Amazon well, and exactly yeah, and make yeah. money off of them. So the only way to really, I guess, all I'm asking is the only way to get a book like this is to have it officially, officially. You know, authorized by Paramount slash CBS. You can't just, Larry Nemechek can't just go off and say, oh, I'm going to do a maps book for Trek and I'm going to start my own little Kickstarter and pay for it that way and, and any other profits I get off selling it, you know, you can't really, so it's like well, if they decide I mean, back, not to do yeah. it then, then I mean, we're kind of stuck. Day, yeah. Like I
1: said, the first time Jeff and I got hooked up he had a Trek zine. He had a nonfiction background zine and we were working on it for that and people would do that and yeah that was that was pre-digital desktop publishing and if you did you were mimeoing and it paper costs x amount and you might sell your thing for two or three bucks and you might sell hundred and fifty of them or something you know yeah it was like it was such a blip on the radar nobody even then technically that could have been shut down but it wasn't it's like they had to be aware of it now the the internet you know everything is global now back in the day if you were some kid in You know, Oklahoma, selling fifty copies of something. New York and L.A. Yeah, here I wrote a Star Trek story. I I printed
0: fifty copies of it. I'm selling it, you know, to my buddies and at Mm -hmm. a little
1: local convention or something. Exactly, exactly. Which is, you know, kind of what I did with the my concordances at first. And uh, yeah, but but um, I mean, it reminds me of like the late '90s when the internet first got big and fans were putting up their websites and doing the first captures and all that. And much to the chagrin of the people who ran the site, the original Star Trek.com attorneys, the the, the Paramount attorneys, sent cease and desist letters and shut down a ton of fan websites yeah, and pissed yeah. everybody off. At the time, thinking, well, we have to protect our property. Not knowing that the way, you know, didn't knowing that the. It's basically advertising and, and and publicity yeah, the whole, for. The way it's viewed, yeah. the whole way the world came to see that whole paradigm was that's insane. And when we used to do The Communicator, we couldn't mention Patrick Stewart being in the X Men because that was another franchise and we're not going to promote another franchise, yeah. you know, without going, you know, that whole, that's just that The whole attitude had changed and evolved and who knows, back to your question, who knows in five or 10 or 15 years. How things are—things are so fluid and they're so evolving with media and sure. digital. Maybe, hopefully, we'll maybe we'll get to a point where that can happen. I mean, yeah. the old thing was when they had the uh, Strange New Worlds competition and people could write short stories through Pocket. You know, and win, and be comp- and compete, and be judged, and they printed the best ten or yeah, 15 the ever. new
0: voyages, and yeah. yeah,
1: they found a way to do. It was like we we're gonna find the way to have fan fiction, but do it legitimately. You know, and yeah, Lucas as long as they have to, you know, context. there's
0: some. You know, I think people would just say, as long as they had some kind of control to, to at least say, yes, this is good, and and we're gonna let this right. person do this work. Like, to me, I see no reason why the quality that, like, for example, you guys, you've done on this book or the Star Trek Continues thing that there could be, why would Paramount between you guys and say, hey, yeah, well, we we would love to have that go, get sold, and, and you make a couple of bucks, we'll make a couple of bucks, it can pay for your next filming. I, well, I just, there's, it's, yeah. it's, it's somewhat... Um, I think it, it you know you're not just like guys with hanging up little plastic ships in your basement and putting out a schlock product. I mean right, it, right. it it it's if anything more professional in in certain ways and more polished than the original series was. You know what I mean? I mean there's not right. I don't think there's anybody in the original series if they viewed that or who worked on it would be embarrassed by that. So it's it's a little unfortunate that that can't I mean you're getting definitely a lot of exposure
1: online but well, it, it yeah. comes back down to the lawyers and the legal Yeah. Fit. And and there's a lot of things and this is what happens with the fan films. There's a lot of times when the people on the ground, it at, at CBS or Paramount, they're not stupid. They're they're if they're not fans themselves, they're savvy business people. And they are thrilled that people still love Trek Enough. I mean, there are other people in other properties or wannabe properties that would kill they would die to have a passionate fan base that feels compelled oh, for, to throw their money. You know, into for fifty doing all this. years that have followed right. this thing, and, and, and right. you, know,
0: you know, frankly, every year probably gains more fans. So yeah,
1: but they still have to protect their legal things so that five sure. or 10, fifteen yeah. years down the line, something they let let either they endorsed it or they let happen doesn't come back to bite them like they rue the day now in the 70s they didn't like license conventions you know kind of a thing that the, you know so i mean just goofy little things but things that were done and you know, now it, it got to be 10 15 20 years later and by the time anybody cared in a business way well it's you know any judge would say well, i'm sorry you let this go for 10 or 15 20 years and didn't do a thing about it you know yeah so they that's the that's the double edged sword for them but at the same time the last thing they want to do is squash this and come out heavy handed like the C and D letter on the websites in the 90s, kind of a thing. Yeah, they've they've. It's a nice. So it's d- that benign. I'm going to look over here, and just don't make me come after you. And otherwise, la di da di da. Oh look, maybe people are doing something behind <laughs> off not behind my back, but just kind of off to the side. And that's kind of where all of this.
0: It's a nice balance you know, right now, to a, to a degree. I mean, I'm happy that they they could certainly completely squash things a lot harder than than they they are right now, but. Uh, it's still also i think I, i'd love it to get back to the avenue like you said where there was some kind of a submission process of and and, and you know like hey we, we we did this fan film and we think it's pretty professional would you guys like to sell it and and make some money or something like that or some kind of little situation i mean you can certainly hop on youtube with with an any you know with small digital devices you can pretty much put up you know you guys what you did with star trek continues right up on your big screen tv so you're pretty much watching an episode (laughs) hey mostly commercial free except for a little ad maybe at the beginning so uh they they could almost potentially make more money in a way if if they would
1: figure out some some avenue for that perhaps right it makes it's a it's a win for but you know like i said things keep evolving you can almost like not even tell what's you know, the late nineties is an era, you know, when when Enterprise was cancelled in oh five, who would have thought that within what are we now well, we're coming up on nine years now. It's gonna be yeah. it's not just the other day, but you know, it's kind of interesting when, when the guys doing um uh Doug Conway doing uh, Star Trek Renegades, when they did of Gods and Men, that was oh six, oh seven. And there's been a huge you know, social media has come in since then. I mean there's been so much just happened in the last five, six, seven, eight yeah. years. Definitely, and it's it's, it's great to hear the that they're It's the dynamic on so many levels for so many things.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's good to hear that they're definitely paying attention. I like you said, if if anything, at the end of the day, they they are businessmen and want to make want to make some money.
1: So that that's right, good. right, right. Let's figure out a way to, to do it, and eventually, calmer heads kind of try to figure that out and have it be a win win for for everybody. But. Well, let's, uh,
0: I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know we already talked for quite a while. It's always great to talk to you, but, uh, I, I wanted to give you a chance to, you know, if, if there's anything else, I know you were, there was an audio thing. I also wanted to quickly ask you about that you had on your website. Um,
1: some, Oh, my, my Trekland on CD. uh, Yeah. The Trekland CDs.
0: Right. Why don't you tell people a little bit about that and then give us. Well, let me,
1: yeah, here's the, here's the couple things that are like on my plate right now. That's, that's one of them actually, uh, basically i've got hundreds of hours of like these long 30 60 90 minute interviews with all the writers and designers more writers designers staff people than the actors really uh when i was started when i was working on the companion back in the day for next gen and uh, we were around a lot uh, my wife worked on voyager and i was in a lot and uh, got the routine down and everybody knew me you know ira and ron and michael pillar and and dan curry and Herman men and all the guy you know Richard James, uh, and I would get in at the end of the season and do kind of a review of the of the season, we episode by episode or the highlights or whatever for people. And I've got tons. I've got probably three, four hundred things on cassette tape, and I've needed to get them digitized to preserve it. And then I also thought, well, what's a way? Maybe I can help you know monetize that a little bit, support the cost of doing that, mm-hmm. and also share. So I came up with this idea. I called it Trekland, which is you know my blog and the brand Trekland on speaker. So you get the idea that it is audio. It would have been wonderful if these had all been filmed, but still even having the audio is, is amazing because we get into a lot of detail that people don't tend to do when they're sitting in front of a camera constantly. So the first one, and I brought them out at Vegas. So two years ago, the first one um, was all people who had passed away that you weren't going to hear at a convention or a podcast next year you know so Michael Pillar, um i have just gone. oh here we go uh, yeah Michael Pillar and um and uh Bob Justman okay uh and um um
0: so they're basically a lot of fill in and behind the scenes stuff about you know how right, episodes very get long done no
1: sound bites no yeah. I'm sorry uh yeah Long form, not just sound bitey things like we're used to seeing right. a minute or two minutes here. Grab yeah. a thing here, real quick. Well, get
0: you some good
1: depth then that way. You know, you really, get uh, to, you yeah, really get yeah. to feel for how these episodes came together and production was done. The the first one was kind of a general theme. I called it Future Voices Past, as in P A S S E D. The second one, I was just trying to pick a theme, and I just went with the anniversary of all good things this year. So it's it's Ron and Brandon and Rick colby the director who's passed away now and michael pillar who's passed again but it's all from like the month of it's all from april and may 1994 it's all things from in the day and very when things were very fresh and um yeah it's great so that's the second one and i'll have another one coming out this year uh vegas time i'd like to ramp up and do more than one a year but no you can go to the site and um and order them i'll, I'll eventually do them as downloads but for right now i just like having a a cd that i can have at conventions and you know and things so no that's that's been a that's been a real hoot, and I had a lot of people get those right before Christmas, you know for gifts and things, but they' it's an ongoing thing and then the other goofy thing that I've done that I've really hit me after we moved was um uh your trunk the, the, <laughs> the trunk the yes. trunk of goodies
0: right the the you've been selling was, some things off, yeah. yeah.
1: Something. And a lot of it's archival things, and i'm i' I've, I've digitized and scanned and all that, but I everything from set plans to draft scripts to uh, you know party you know invitations to party, just googie things at times. And uh, I just have a Facebook page. But I didn't want to be you know, used car salesman hawking stuff <laughs> you know kind of thing. So I just create yeah here's
0: and, a napkin that here's a napkin yeah, that Patrick yeah, Stewart yeah. spit on here. Here you go. Yeah. How much on eBay? Come on, guys. Yeah. come on, come on, do I hear one hundred? Uh, come on. Uh, yeah,
1: Larry, Larry, how desperate are you now? Yeah. yeah,
0: wasn't there an episode of Big Bang Theory where uh, Penny gets Sheldon like some uh, napkin of? I think he came into her her restaurant and gets him a gift of
1: Leonard Nimoy's DNA on a napkin or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more his phrasing than hers. But yeah. yeah, there was. There's a famous convention somewhere where John Delancey had a cup of water and he had a cold or something and he. You know, and he was laughing because he coughed and, and took a drink and coughed, and he said, "Oh, there's my DNA. How much am I? you know, how yeah, much how much I for I- my DNA? For yeah, you can <laughs> and, clone and me." And people started bidding on it right there, and they were just laughing. But um, um, so yeah, so so I have a Facebook page called the Trekland Trunk, and I just and I have a Twitter for it. But also, but either way, people I'll put up, oh, here's something new on eBay, and I try to have three or four things up there all the time, and and they bid, and then once a week or so, I do a live thing on Facebook. Where we just go and do a group chat, and it's kind of a, a, it's more wackier things, or if it's not quite a perfect thing, but it's still you know somebody might want to have it. Uh, we do that. So yeah. So if that interests you, and it's things are generally between thirty and a hundred. It's still you know nothing outlandish. It'd yeah. be great if Greatest got outlandish for me, but not that way so it's pretty accessible and i've got you know regulars that are bidders now and everything so um so yeah it's just the trickland truck on facebook yeah. and the notes go up there or on the twitter and and that's been fun and then beyond that i shouldn't uh, probably shouldn't say yet that's fine yeah <laughs> so no, we'll, no we've had uh we've had a yeah. lot of
0: great stuff to talk about and it's always good to catch up and uh, uh you know i'd like to just say too that you know this stellar cartography book amazon.com it's a fantastic thing if anyone out there you know listening Loves these Star Trek reference books like I do. You know, you'll love this one. There's there's just an amazing amount of detail, and uh, I, I need to like you know take a whole weekend to just sit down with it. And and I've, I've spent about a couple hours so far, and I haven't even touched. Uh, you know enough guests. of it you know i'm like wow oh that's interesting why is that well, over here, there and
1: here's yeah. a request if you haven't you know everybody out there if you haven't ordered it yet come over to, to larrynemichek.com or my trucklandblog.com and there's there's a idea a there yeah. order yeah. it through me and i'll get a few pennies out of it okay so,
0: yeah. yeah i'll uh I'll put that into the podcast notes. I'll put links to your links there and they can get you over that way. So we'll, we'll link up or whatever, okay. as they say. Very good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, Larry, Very again, uh, fantastic to talk to you again. I, I uh, love all this stuff. Love your passion and, We'll have to do it again, in maybe you know another year or so to catch up on yeah. uh, what's going on with yeah, you. And we'll
1: have some new stuff by then, the continues,
0: yeah. guys. And tell them to keep up the work. And tell Vic, I want a bowling alley scene. Come on, <laughs> or a swimming I'll, pool. I'll take either I will pass one. That
1: along. If you I'll can pass get uh, anyway.
0: if you can get McKenna in the swimming pool, I'll go that uh, way too. That's okay. I see the method to your madness. Yeah, yeah. either way, either her bowling or in the swimming Or never mind. But uh, we'll have to stop now. But yeah, it was great to catch up and. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I do. I should say I have a regular. I have my, my my regular Larry Nemechek Trekland on Facebook, or my just Larry Nemechek on Twitter, and I should do a shout out to uh, uh, continues is official Star Trek continues. Uh, on Facebook, we're we're bearing down on a hundred thousand uh, likes and, and almost a million views on the Lolani second episode already. The combined. So that's, that's great. Good. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll make sure to link all those up on on the notes
0: for this uh, for this episode of Treks and Sci-Fi. So just just hang on the the line, Larry, for a moment. I'm just going to stop the recording officially. Okay. But uh, thanks again so much for your time.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And let me know when it's up and posted, and I'll, you know...
0: Definitely. Definitely will. Probably towards uh, the end of this coming week, so... Okay. Thanks, Larry. Well, good. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Transfer of data is complete. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Larry again. uh, His uh, book, again, Stellar Cartography, you can pick up at Amazon. It's it's really fantastic. A great package. uh, A great job on that. You can follow more of what is going on with Larry. Uh, Check out his Trekland uh, blog, Larry LarryNemechek, N-E-M-E-C-E-K, .blogspot.com, and find out what's going on with him. A couple other things he wanted me to mention. He does this uh, Geek Nation tour thing, uh, which is really cool, uh, and you can learn more about that. You visit different geek-related spots and things. Uh, over on the uh, West Coast, it's at uh, GeekNationTours.com. And uh, check that out. Uh, lots of cool things going on. He's going to also be a lot of uh, conventions here in 2014. Emerald City Comic Con, Away in Tampa in April, FedCon in Germany in May 29th to June 1st, uh, one in, down in Lake Charles, Louisiana, Bayou Con, Con, Bayou Con 5. SoonerCon, uh, San Diego Comic Con, of course, the Las Vegas Trek Con, uh, and uh, Creation Vegas. Yeah, I mentioned that BlasterCon, and uh, just a whole bunch more. But I'm sure you can just, again, follow Larry on either Facebook, uh, also, like I said, on his blog. So again, thanks so much uh, for him taking time to talk with me uh, this past week. Upcoming on the show, um, as some of you know, I'm heading to China for work for about 10 days, which is pretty cool. Hopefully I'll be able to have some fun and see some things over there. But uh, that will mean next weekend, uh, the weekend of March 2nd, there won't be a show. I, it's just going to be too complicated to try to put one out next weekend. So I decided to take a week off completely. No guests, no me, no nothing, <laughs> which is about the first time, I think, uh, maybe the first time. But when I get back, uh, I'll be doing a uh, show on March 9th, which I'm calling The Geek Grab Bag. It's going to catch a, catch things up on news that's been going on the last couple of weeks when I'm away. And, and just talk a little bit probably about my trip in China. And maybe I'll I'll try to spot some geeky things over there. So uh, that's on March 9th. On the 16th, uh, Meds will be here with a show on Auto Man and Street Hawk. Some old, I think both 80s TV shows or 80s or 90s TV shows. I'll be here on the 23rd of March with the TOS episode, The Alternative Factor. On March 30th, uh, you're going to get the Moyers here talking about the TNG episode, The Child. On the 6th of April, I decided to tackle the uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, just kind of go through the different seasons and give you an overview of that show, which I greatly enjoyed when it was airing. And New episodes, uh, the the final episodes are going to be on Netflix soon, too. So. And then on the April the 13th, uh, Invaders from Mars with our resident classic sci-fi film buff, Mark, will be here with that. So that's what's coming up in about the next month and a half or so on Trexan Sci-Fi. Always, you can just uh, check us out over on the web at dot ficom uh, There's podcast info there, schedule things, and we're also on Facebook. We've got the forum. Uh, you can always email me at treksf at gmail.com. So, again, thanks everyone for listening so much. Hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'm out of here. Bye bye. production.